Hello and welcome to This AFL Life. I am joined by Geelong Captain Melissa Hickey. How are you going, mate? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, look, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Sunny day. Beautiful Springs day. in the air. Yeah. Um, so, what have you been up to of late? What have I been up to? Um, we just had a, an elimination final on the weekend for our VFLW, so our, our season's over. Um, we lost to, to Melbourne Uni. You know, yeah, pretty good close game. Um, so it feels like a, a long winter season is, is now over. <laughs> yeah. um, and then um, I guess this is our unofficial off-season leading into pre-season. So um, a little bit of a chance for, a, a, you know, a rest and reload, but um, still lots of work to do as yep. well. And how, how was the VFL season for you? You had a few niggles. Yeah, personally, it's probably been um, yeah frustrating kind of six months. Um I think off the back of coming back from my ACL, you know, inevitably you have to kind of push some things and, um, you know, I had a kind of niggle f- throughout the whole pre-season and AFLW season that um, it just has taken a while to, to get better <laughs> and um, also my very first ACL knee has been a bit sore. So, yeah. um, you know, one thing, if it wasn't <laughs> one limb, it was the other one. So, um, yeah, I've been feeling every bit of my 34 years recently. <laughs> so, yeah, hoping to really get a good chance in this kind of off-season to, to get those things settled down and get nice and strong again to, to come into a pre-season, um, you know, fit and healthy. Yep, yep. Out of the rehab group. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I've, I always joke about, you know, Amy Winehouse. They just, they just <laughs> keep trying to make me go back and I don't, don't want to no, be no, there. No, no, no. Yeah, it's... um. Oh, you definitely work hardest in rehab, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there was a few of us down there, Meg Mack and Aster and, you know, Nina Morrison, um, Elise Commentary, a few of the ACL girls, um, which in, in some ways was a positive the situation, getting to spend, you know, time with, with some of them and, and especially Nina getting to, you know, work with her. But, um, mm. yeah, you're in there for – you're in there earliest and you're leaving latest. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. And you're not getting that enjoyment of the weekend no. game. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a slog, but um, – yeah, I don't know. You, you you do it. Yep. Um, now, I just want to go back in time just uh, maybe a year or two. Um, it's the second last game of the 2018 A4W season. Uh, I remember I was at the game at Icon Park and the collective breath leaving the stadium as you as you injured your knee. Did you, did you know right away? Um, yeah, I think I did. You know, it's... Um I've done one before and I think just anything to do with a knee that feels a bit funny and um, even though I did it, it was kind of strange. Yeah, you just know that it's probably not mm. not a great sign. Yeah. Um, and then as they take you down into the rooms and, and start doing those tests, yeah, probably um, I probably knew deep down. <laughs> I remember I, w- I was in, den- in denial about it. <laughs> My poor sister tells me she was up, she was living up in northern New South Wales at the time and, you know, mm. she was doing the dishes, watching the game on her on her iPhone and she said they just kept replaying it over and over oh. and she was in tears and she's like, this is, this is horrible. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I think I did know. And so I remember the next game in particular, it was a big game for Melbourne against the Bulldogs. It was a chance to play off in the granny and, and you were there on your crutches, um, oh, this might sound a bit patronising, but I was so proud of you for for being there and fronting up and, and putting your individual kind of hurt behind you to be there for the team. How how was that night for you? Yeah, to be honest, I think I almost um, emotionally removed myself. Like I don't feel like I was had allowed myself to probably grieve what it was and, and yeah, maybe 
had put the team before me for that for that week. Mm. Um, it all happened so quickly. So you know, I was in surgery two days after. Yeah, um, wow. I injured myself and you found out the very next day. So that all kind of happened really quickly. And um, yeah, it was less than a week um, and obviously came along to the game and had a fair bit of endone in me. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it was all a bit of a blur, but I just remember, you know, I felt like I really needed to be there for my teammates and, you know, I played a small role on the bench trying to um, encourage the girls as they came on and off. But yeah, it was a, it was a really hard day on, on many different levels and, you know, it was it was ultimately a prelim final for mm. us and, you know, to lose in the, the dying minutes with blowing a gale and, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, yeah, pretty devastating. So then we head into the that off-season and the the trade to Geelong happens. How how hard was that decision to make? Yeah, um, you know, I, I talk about this a lot. It was probably a two-week period where I really didn't sleep properly, mm. you know, Um it was a really important decision, I guess, for me, for my, you know, for my life in, in a lot of ways. It was, um, you know, the off-field opportunities at Geelong and, um, you know, and I kind of say this all the time, there was nothing wrong with Melbourne. I, mm. I was incredibly happy there and, you know, I had a lot of great friends that I've played for with for a lot of years and mm. um, loved Mick the coach and mm. um, loved the club and had felt, you know, a sense of... Um, I don't even know what the word is. Not obligation, but, you know, they'd, they'd given me the marquee opportunity yeah. and, and even through the exhibition mm. game. So I felt like the club would give me so many opportunities. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I know I have to answer to me and, and my mm. own happiness and what fulfills me as an, as an athlete. And just that, that Geelong opportunity was just the opportunity to grow and to learn and to, you know, have those opportunities off-field and on-field and for leadership was just to... to um, too big for me to pass up and yeah you know if, then if you take into account my family connection yeah. and and um you know the club that I've gone for as mm. a kid and literally that 10 year old girl's dream was yeah. to play for Geelong you know it just I think um even though it was really hard that was the yeah. thing that kind of kept coming up for me yeah and I think the thing that I was probably um you know, grappling with the most, grappling with the most was having difficult conversations with people that yeah. I really cared about and didn't want to disappoint. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I was like, "Well, you can't not move because you don't someone want else." Yes, yeah. um, you know those friends and, and yeah. Mick and and people at the club that mm. I felt like I was obviously going to let down and disappoint. But at the end of the day, yeah. you know, what is it? Eighteen months down the track now, everyone moves on, and yeah, you know, yeah. we we just. Um, yeah, we all make do. How was how was the conversation with Daisy? Because look, I personally would never want to let Daisy down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. Just, I just felt like I was breaking up with a partner. You know, <laughs> yeah. like well, f- seven people in the one day. There's, yeah. You know, there was particular people that I, I really mm. felt like I needed to tell in person if I could, or yeah. on the phone if I couldn't get them sort of soon enough. So, um, yeah, they were the relationships that were important to me, and I, you know, I I genuinely believe that if someone might not like your decision, but if they respect the reasons why and mm. um you know that's probably the most important thing yeah yeah and the underlying respect that you have well that for each relationship other. Yeah, hopefully. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah because well, you i mean you're a very loyal person so i imagine it must have been just excruciating decision to make yeah, yeah. it was and, and you know and, and there's even times where i think you know have i made the right decision and um i think you know it's that sort of sliding doors moment. You, mm. know, you can go left or right, and yeah. um, I've taken this path, and I'll, I'll make yeah. the best of it. Yeah. And was there was there slight apprehension also because of the injury? 
Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, that was a really important part for me was making sure that I had a rehab plan that wasn't going to be – there wasn't going to be no lag in, in me yep. being able to progress that. And, again, like just um, – Everything about the Geelong was out of comfort zone. Everything yeah. to stay in Melbourne was to stay in my comfort zone. And I'd, yep. you know, just been through a relationship breakup and, and things like that. And I'd, the more things I was digesting and the more in my life about kind of exploring okay, yep. getting out of your comfort zone, it was just all, yep. you know, aligned with my mindset at the time. You know, maybe if I had, you know, still been in a long-term relationship, I might not have moved. But yeah. everything at that time was like... You know, you know, everything was changing. Let's keep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's keep going with this. You yeah. know, it's kind of scary, but it's, but it's yeah. really... Um, exciting and when i think about going back to what's going to grow you the most it's, it's yeah. when you are uncomfortable yeah i can identify that once you challenge you you might as well keep challenging yeah, it's yourself. almost addictive yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and what happens with with an injury like that you know do the clubs kind of hand over to each other or was there uh, like or did geelong just assess you independently did i can't they remember the surgeon they, or yeah i can't remember whether they had a conversation i mean i think like an ACL is an ACL with, yeah. you know, two months post-surgery. It's, it's pretty consistent um, yeah. what you're doing at that time. I don't well, – I hadn't started running or anything at that stage. So, mm. um, I was just kind of like jump over to Geelong and <laughs> get, just keep Continue. going. Yeah, yeah. And through that um, kind of rehab period and that, that, that time in between seasons, you were also uh, an assistant coach at Darabin. How, how did you find that? Did you find that it was a good – outlet for you you know to go hand in hand with your rehab or was it a bit too much footy um it was a little bit of both I, I um it was a little bit bittersweet you know mm. I um you know each week I talk about like gratitude and you know resilience to get through things but there is just something that you cannot replace you know that that feeling of um you know running out with your teammates and playing mm. and that experience of game day you just can't get that anywhere else yeah and not as a coach and um, not in any other way. So, you know, each week I felt that acutely and watching and feeling powerless to kind of mm. be able to impact in that way. But, um, you know, as, as a, a learning opportunity and to still be around, you know, the Falks, which who I love and, mm. you know, that community is really important to me. Um, yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience to be able to, you know, be coached un- or like alongside people like, you know, Jane and mm. JC and, um, yeah, I just learned heaps about myself and all about footy as well. Yeah. Do you see, do you see coaching in your future? Yeah, I think so. I think I, um, I really enjoy the development side of, yeah. um, coaching and, and probably that mentoring aspect. So, um, you know, I get to do that in some ways with our kind of young girls down at Geelong mm. with being a leader there, but, um, yeah, I have a real passion for kind of, um, teach people, you know, craft of yeah. football and fundamentals. So um, hopefully there'll be opportunities, you know, yeah. post-career. I often say to people, I think in, you know, five to ten years' time when a lot of the current AFLW girls have retired from playing, we're going to have so many amazing female coaches. It's just this interim yeah. period that we're having well, to manage. Yeah, I was actually talking about this with Meg last night. It's mm. just um, even in a couple of years, you know, yeah. there's going to be an influx of – people in admin you yep. know at afl house at mm. clubland and and hopefully in coaching as well that mm. are just gonna you know i've been through quite a, a journey through, yeah um you know female football yeah there is there is still something unique about women's footy and coaching women and um even women making leadership decisions and stuff so yeah it's gonna it's gonna have a huge a huge impact going forward i think yeah well, i still think 
you know, the status quo still needs to be challenged. I think, yes. you know, the AFL's existed as, as it has for a long time, um, you know, predominantly being um, white male men yep. At, yep. at the helm of that, which is, which mm. is fine. But I think, you know, diversity and different voices and, you know, we've obviously had different experiences, you know, even when people complain about grounds now, I'm like... <laughs> when we were at Darabin, yeah. we used to play, you know, an AH cap and we'd pick up the dog poo and there's yep. a pitch in the middle of it. And you know what? We played some amazing football amazing footy. there. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it was a breeding ground for a lot of great footballers. So, you know, at the end of the day, facilities and that sort of thing, you know, they're important, but yeah. it's not the, the only thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, you've done your first pre-season at uh, the Cats, albeit predominantly in the <laughs> rehab group. Um, and you just miss out on selection for round one due to an injury setback. Again, you're in this scenario where you're having to put the team first, but given that you were the captain, how how difficult was it for you that night? Was it, again, was it kind of a bittersweet? Yeah, I think, um, so I, in my mind, thought I was playing round one. (laughs) And I think I didn't find out till the Tuesday of that week that I wasn't going to be playing. So maybe it was the week before. So, you know, I was fairly devastated, mm. you know. Um, maybe it shouldn't have been a big sh- as big a shock to me <laughs> as what it was. But, yeah, I was, I was devastated. And, um, you know, I was kind of lucky in some ways that I had a few days to process that. And, you know, I felt like I really had to, to grieve that. I was, it was it was such a big goal for me for, you know, for that whole 11 months or 10 and a half months yeah. to, to get back for round one. So, yeah, I made sure that, you know, that I really acknowledged that that was – a big letdown for me and that I did have to kind of give myself that time. But, you know, when I was at the club, no one would have known about yeah. that. Mm. All my teammates yeah. know, wouldn't have known about that. That was really important, I think, you know, as a leader that, um, you know, and I, I genuinely believe and still believe that that team um, is an incredible team no matter, you know, out of the 30 girls we had, who whoever was playing. Um, so that was something that I spoke to the group about, you know, mm. in our last training, you know, the, my belief in our group and, doesn't matter who's out there um, to get the job done. And then um, game day, you know, I guess I tried to be around the girls as much as possible. Yep. Um, yeah, it's – it's um, again, yeah, like you said, it was bittersweet. Watching the girls run out there, I, you know, I had such a sense of pride and, yeah. you know, tears in my eyes. But yep. also, you know, that longing to have to been out there for that, that big moment. I had yeah. all my family down and, mm. um, yeah, like I said, it was such a big goal for such a long time. I was pretty, pretty narrow-minded in – it was round one and, mm. you know, with the crowd there and very first game for the club, you know, I would have loved to have been part of that, but, you know, can't do anything really about that now. <laughs> <laughs> and do, do you, how do you kind of move on from that? Is that, is it like, you know, it's like a, a contest that you just kind of have to move on to the next one? You just kind of push past yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I, I think it's important when you, when you are, you feel a loss or disappointed to, to actually feel that and not kind of push it down or push it away. Yeah. I think it's really important to acknowledge that. And yeah. like I said, I, you know, I sobbed like a baby that <laughs> night. Like I felt <laughs> like I'd really had lost something and, um, you know, spoke to my family and friends about that and, yeah. and seek, seek their, sought their support through that. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, you have to accept what you, like you can't do anything about that. And, um, I just moved on to what I could control mm. and that was me trying to get my, body right um because i was told at that time that i wasn't allowed to play till round three so yeah. i knew then that i had to set my mind to that and um yeah that's a constant theme for me is, you know when i'm getting frustrated about something is like what can i actually control in this situation yeah. often it's it's quite limited and you have to kind of accept and let go of the things you can't and then yeah. 
work on what you can. Yeah, that's so true. So um, your first opportunity to, to lead the team out at Kazinia Park, can you describe that moment? Um, well, so obviously round three was against Adelaide over in Adelaide yeah. and so in some ways that was good that it was away from mm. everyone and um, just get it out of the way. Yeah, just yeah. kind of play that game and get it under your belt. <laughs> the first pre-match address, just get it yeah, out of the Yeah, I'm not yep. great at those, I must say. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, obviously mum and dad were there for that game and um, I can't remember which sister came to that one, but yeah, one of my sisters came as well. Um, you know, just kind of knowing that they were there was really important and um, running through the banner and... Um, probably the moment I, you know, remember the most is, you know, after the game when we won and, um, you know, singing the song for the first time and that sort of thing. Yeah, it was, was pretty special. But, you know, this is lifelong Geelong supporter. You are captain of the club. You run out to Cadinia Park. Your surname's on the grandstand. You know, you, you're talking it down, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit sick today, everyone, so just yeah, – this is – um. My subdued. Um, I must say I'm not great at vividly remembering things. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, there's certain things in my career that I can vividly remember and maybe that was one that I should have stopped to think about mm. a bit more. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I d- to be honest, every time I even train out there, I try to stop and think about like yeah. how amazing this is and sometimes I have to remind myself that I am, you know, I'm playing at Geelong and I'm the captain of Geelong. It's kind of – sometimes I have to sort of stop myself and be like, this is, like, so amazing. (laughs) Like, it's it's your everyday in some ways. So, um, maybe how significant it is or – and, you know, all your friends are doing the same thing and Mm. all your colleagues are, you know, doing the same thing. So, in some ways you don't necessarily appreciate the significance of it. Yeah. So, maybe I need to stop and do that a bit more. What would, would, you know, eight-year-old Melissa – so. Oh, I just <laughs> she would be losing her mind. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used to like sleep in my cat's jumper and I had yeah. the mouth guard and the boots and you know if when dad or my sister stopped kicking with me, I'd just keep kicking yeah. it for hours and hours. You know, I wanted to be my uncle was Gary Ablett and I was Billy Brownless <laughs> and we would just you know she would just be living. She wouldn't she wouldn't believe me that this is happening. Yeah, that would be yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's so cool. Just going back to what you said earlier, what what moments from your footy career do you vividly remember? Um, there's, you know, the Falcons premierships, definitely. Yeah. Um, doing my recent knee, I remember pretty vividly. Um, yeah, certain significant wins, like especially in some of those Melbourne seasons. Yeah. Um, the win up in Brisbane, mm. that was pretty amazing. The prelim final, I can still remember pretty vividly. That was mm. pretty gut-wrenching. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're scattered. I'm, I'm not a great retainer of things. I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need to, to work on that. Um, and sometimes, I don't know if it's just human nature, but inevitably the negative things you remember uh, more of the yeah. things that you've not done mm. right. And that's mm. generally after a game what goes yeah. through my mind. I remember, um, I think it was um, JC did an interview for this AFL Life with Jess Dalpos and they dissected the 2012 grand final um, that we lost to Diamond Creek, I think. And it's like they were just recalling it with such vivid detail and I'm like, but you've won another, you know, yeah. five. But it's just amazing how I think it's it's, it's yeah. kind of human nature. The the negative things seem to stick out in your mind. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, as an athlete, if you're constantly trying to get better, then mm. you know the poor performances, the ones that you've 
kind of hold on to because you want to yeah, find ways to fix spur you on. Yeah. 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 So we talk a lot about, you know, resilience in footy and um, overcoming setbacks and, um, you know, obviously you've done two ACLs and that's that's quite a significant injury in football terms. But you you have a significant person in your life who's who's actually have had to overcome a really significant setback in, in your dad. Yeah. Um, what's it been like for you to watch his progress over the last few years, if you're comfortable talking about it, and um, you know, and and putting and putting that in context with just a footy injury. Yeah, for sure. I think um, you know, that first year was probably probably the hardest year of my life, yeah. and um, to watch someone who one never ever got a cold, let alone. Yeah to suffer something so significant as dad. So, yeah, I guess not everyone knows, but dad suffered a, a cardiac arrest in the middle of a fun run and um, as a result of him being unconscious for a long period of time, he suffered a, an acquired brain injury. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's just affected absolutely everything yeah. um, for him and as a result, you know, mum more acutely than us, but, yeah, the whole family. Um, so he's, you know, predominantly in a wheelchair now and... Um, mum has to care for him, you know, full time and, um, you know, it does give you some perspective around injuries, you know, even um, just to be grateful that you can walk, um, yeah. you know, I, I watch how much his independence is influenced or, or lack of independence is influenced now because, you know, he can't safely walk without someone being there and that just, you know, how mm. much that then limits your life and what you can do. So, yeah, um, you know, those periods of when I was going through my knee and I couldn't run, you know, I, I could look at dad and be like, well, yeah, you know, there's still so much I can do and, and be grateful for. Um, you know, not everyone has that a, a, acute reminder all the time, and um, even just to watch, you know, how much joy my my football career brings him, and yeah. um, that feels really special to be able to share some of those sort of things with him. And um, you know, Dad's memory is not great either, so I remember I got to tell him <laughs> that I was captain on the phone, and he was, you know. Um, he was really excited. I think I even FaceTimed them. Yeah, FaceTimed them and they were really excited. And then the next time I saw him about a week later, he didn't remember. So I yeah. got to tell him in person yeah. again and that was really special. And, yeah. um, you know, football was always our bond. Um, mm. And Dad used to always message me before and after games and wish me good luck. So, you know, there's parts of it that I really miss and um, even just his, you know, his advice and his positivity and yeah. his support, you know, I, I'm, there's parts of that that I will never get back. But... Um, you know, I, f- I found him after that game against Carlton and he was in yeah. tears and we got to share, you know, um, some beautiful moments too. Yeah, I was sitting in the grandstand. I was probably about 10 rows back and I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has that effect on people. Yeah. But he used to cry even before his injury. Yeah. He was a shock. He was just, you know, he's um, one of three girls and he's, his three girls are his world. So, yeah. Um, you know, again, looking at gratitude, you know, I, I, we could have mm. lost him that, that day. Yeah. Um, really quite easily so you know it's a very different yeah. relationship what I have with my dad now but I'm so lucky you know a lot of not mm. a lot of people even um, yeah have that has it I, I imagine it's probably brought your family closer together and that because it's changed everything like in an instant like all of your lives changed has it, has it brought you together and, and taught you stuff as a, as a family yeah for sure I think um you know I'd always considered us to be a pretty close family mm. before that but you know, you're having to have conversations and about things that you never thought you would and, um, you know, even just now, I guess the support that we need to give to mum, 
yeah. as well. Um, you know, I guess the relationship she now has with dad is, is very different. And so, um, you know, not only your partner, you, you troubleshoot things with and mm. you bounce ideas off and decision making and that sort of thing. So now I guess um, we're, we're that for her and, um, you know, inevitably when you go through really hard times with people, it makes you closer and um, it's probably all affected us all in, in different ways. But um, yeah, I think I, I valued family quite highly before that, but you know, it's yeah. become even more significant. Yeah. I remember I first got involved with the Falcons. I think it was 2015, which I think is the year that it, that it happened. And um, I was filming uh, behind the scenes on grand final day. And I, I was there with a the video camera as um, Daisy gave her final pre-match address on the ground before the grand final and she referenced uh, Steph Simpson who'd had a really bad uh, hand injury. I think it missed like 10 weeks of the season and obviously um, what had happened with your dad and and she referenced how, you know, despite what you'd both been through, you were still coming to footy every week and what you had both been through was much harder than what they were going to have to do today. And I f- was fed and come ready to run out on the ground <laughs> with you all. I was that fired up. Like I said, my memory, <laughs> I'd forgotten about that until you just mentioned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of, um, I guess, makes me emotional mm. kind of thinking about that. But, um, you know, footy was my outlet yeah. for sure throughout that period. I, you know, I really struggled through that winter and – um, really wasn't coping well at all. Mm. Um, but footy was like that one thing yeah. that I, you know, yeah. was my place to Because they were back home in Mildura. Yeah, yeah, so Dad was in rehab down here in Melbourne um, maybe till sort of June or July and then yeah. he ended up going back home and, and doing sort of outpatients there. Yeah. How how important was that um, that Darabin community or just just that kind of team – environment how important was that for you through that time oh it was huge I think you know sometimes I just did not have the energy you know like I'll go to work and then I'll go and visit dad and Mm. you know give mum a bit of a chop out and hang out with him and um you know sometimes the energy to then go to training I just sometimes you know didn't feel like I had but you know I Mm. kept I kept going because you know it was the one place where I didn't have to think about it and yeah you know I love football so I could um I did notice I kind of was aware that I wasn't coping um, and some people would disagree with this, but I can be a bit of a fiery player, but I found mm. that one season I was just so, you know, frustrated and um, mm. maybe angry, you know, I yeah. felt like I got into a lot more <laughs> scuffles, <laughs> scuffles. <than> <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, it was it was a huge outlet for me and yeah, that community is obviously so important. Um, I'm very, very lucky that I got that club, yeah. yeah. Being an athlete is all-consuming because you know it it always frustrates me when AFLW is referenced as a part-time you know competition because you're not a part-time athlete like you're an athlete all the time Um, but I've I've heard you speak about being an athlete and how it can be quite like almost a selfish lifestyle at times you know have you have you found that challenging over the last few years you know with you know wanting to support your mum and your family and but having to prioritise football and then having responsibility of being in leadership roles and, you know, how have you, have you found a balance with all of that? Yeah, I think, you know, there was a period there where I felt very guilty and felt like I wasn't doing as much as I could or needed to or felt like I should be doing 
um, to help mum and, and um, dad and support the family. Um, I feel like I've kind of struck a, a better balance maybe in the last 12 months and, um, you know, whenever I do get a break, I'll go up and visit mum and dad and, um, you know, I got the opportunity th- throughout the season because I wasn't playing to, to go and um, give mum a bit of a chop out as well. So, mm. you know, I think life is about what you prioritise and yeah. um, at the end of the day, if I was not happy with my contribution to, to my family, then I, the, I was the only one that could change that and mm. my priorities. So um, I feel like I've shifted that um, a little bit more towards family, which is, yeah, like I said, it, it probably fulfills me a bit more. And, you know, footy will always be there. And mm. um, I'm a dedicated athlete and I work hard, so I know that I'm not going to compromise um, football in that way. Whereas, you know, mum's mum needs my help and dad yep. needs my help. And, um, yeah, I think... I've probably become aware that's more important. Mm, yeah. So speaking of the kind of all-consuming nature of, of football, what what's your outlet away from footy? Oh, I love my bushwalks, you yep. know. Um, I just know that if, if I'm not right in any part of my world, you know, if, my, if I feel like my mental health isn't, isn't going as great or I need to fill my cup back up because I've, you know, emptied it with all my commitments, yep. then, mm. um, yeah, just getting out in nature is, is the thing that, um, helps me kind of fill my cup back up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's kind of in my head. I'm like, now that footy's over, I've probably been for one every single day. At the yeah. Moment, I'm feeling pretty um, ready to kind of reload and reboot after a, a yeah. long kind of winter. So, yeah. um, and now that the sun's out a bit more, it's it's even nicer to it do. Makes it a bit easier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so everyone that knows me, you know, I'm a bit of a bird nerd. So it's, yeah. you know, I go for a bushwalk and try and spot a few birds and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's spotted any rare ones recently, or oh, I love tawnies are kind of back mm. um, out there. Often hard to find, but Very. when you do, mm. yeah, there's one down at Darwin Parklands. So I know where the, where they're at. So <laughs> keep looking <laughs> for them. Um, what else? just because springs, you know, they're all back out. Yeah, you know, blue wrens are a bit more kind of yeah. out and about. Um, I'll head up to mum and dad's farm next week and. Um, there's sometimes a wedge tail eagle that oh wow so that's yeah oh, that's they're the ultimate for me special yeah. yeah yeah how did how did that come about I actually <laughs> don't really know I think it's to do with mum mum's a loves her photography and yeah um, I just remember having to do a, a project at school um, and might might have just been about animals and I, I picked a bird and yeah I just found them fascinating that um, you know they've all got their own little ways that they've evolved to you know adapt to how do they hunt or um i often say this that a blue wren is a bird and then an emu is a bird but like you know how completely different are they they've had to (laughs) evolve over time and um yeah i think you know birds of prey are probably my favorite and yeah um, i could give you a top five if you want to know yeah no well i'm interested now that like it seems like you want me to ask about your top five so yes yes um (laughs) so the wedge tail eagle is number one yep um, and then my second favourite is the yellowtail black hawker too, which I've just painted those feathers oh, over there. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, third would probably be, I reckon, blue wren. Mm-hmm. Fourth would be the kookaburra. Yep. Mate, that might even be third. Um, and then <laughs> fifth, tawny frogmouth. Wow. Yeah. It's quite a mix. No falcon in there? <laughs> oh, I do, like I said, bird of prey kind of, Yeah, you know. yep. But the wedge-tail eagle is probably kind of top of the tree. Yeah, they're amazing. Yep. Mm. And huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big beasts. Yeah. Okay, so your mum's um, passed on a love of bird watching. <laughs> but 
in terms of a figure in your life, I mean, you must have such admiration for her with the way she's had to, you know, kind of go from equal partner to carer yeah. to your dad. Like how – describe that for me. Yeah, I mean, she's just absolutely phenomenal. I think, um, you know, I probably don't even tell her enough how much – I admire what she does and, you know, I, I go and look after dad for a weekend or, or a week and, um, you know, how 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 involved it is yeah. and, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night, you have to get up and mm. there's just so many parts to it. Um, yeah. And she just does it every day and she still has a smile on her face and she still puts everyone else ahead mm. of her and, um, yeah, she's just quite remarkable really. Um she inspires me in so many ways with how, you know, selfless and determined is. And I know that she has her struggles with it and yeah, it, it yeah. really does – it affects, obviously, yeah, um, her life and, and probably what future she thought um, she had f- for herself. But, um, again, I think, you know, football's been a great thing for our family. You know, she, I think she gets yeah. a lot of joy out of watching AFL Whip W and, and yeah. obviously my career and, and mm. Geelong and um, we've got – I've got a little nephew and she's got a little grandson now, which mm. which brings him a lot of joy. So, um, you know, it's all, I guess, about perspective. But, you know, I just just admire her so much for mm. how how dedicated she is to, you know, and, and still now even just making sure that dad's – she's constantly looking for stuff to, for him to, to get better and, um, you know, constantly pushing him to, to keep doing his rehab. Um, she never loses hope. She's yeah. – yeah, she's quite phenomenal. Yeah. It's another – it's another form of resilience, isn't it? Just yeah, to yeah. F- to find the positives in what would <laughs> like to not sugarcoat it. It's a shit situation. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. And you know, obviously, um, she took that that vow and that commitment of mm. you know through sickness and in health. Mm. And um, yeah, she she exhibits it exhibits it every day. Yeah, like I follow her on Instagram. As well as her amazing nature photos, she often um, takes photos and videos of your dad's rehab, yeah. and you know, just celebrates his little victories. It's it's such an amazing, you know, attitude to life to have. Yeah, yeah, she's incredible. Mm. Um, and she's also an amazing supporter of women's footy. And I also follow her on Twitter. I'm quite a fan of your mum too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are. Yeah, um, but you know, she gets to be you know, a pretty one-eyed fan as well. But just the state of AFLW, what what are you seeing for this season and um, in the future? I mean, I, as a supporter, I am so, I cannot believe we don't have a start date, well, A, for pre-season for you guys, but B, for the actual season. You know, what are you hearing? Yeah, well, so it's interesting. We had our an AFLPA meeting last night actually about the um, CBA and, and mm. they were presenting to us. Um, it's going to be a, a three-year deal and, um, you know, it was meant to go for an hour. I think we were there for three hours. Yeah, so, wow. um, you know, the there's just so many – there's so many things. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think we've gone from being really grateful for the opportunity to now being like, well, you know, <laughs> we want equality and yeah. we have expectations now. Mm. Um, you know, I temper that with – it's a three-year competition. It's a very early, you know, mm. netball's been around for a long time and they're only sort of starting to do this sort of stuff. And yeah. cricket's obviously in, in a similar um, vein. So if I look at it compared to basketball in Australia, you know, we're, we're really doing fantastically well. So, mm. um, 
there's lots of aspects to it. Um, you know, I, I think the AFL, you know, they're a big business and they, they know how to run a business, a successful business. So, yeah. we, in some ways, we, we have to have faith in that. But I also um, think what we as players prioritise might be different to them. So, it's yeah. trying to kind of meet in the middle there somewhere that where we f- both feel like we're yeah. we're satisfied and obviously they've got, um, you know, commercial and, and corporate things that they need to meet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really, really hard work being, mm. you know, we are part-time athletes yeah. because – we yeah. we only get to train thirteen hours a week, but we're we're being judged on a, a professional product. So yeah, um, you know I I get frustrated by the media's lack of understanding of of where mm. we're at, and mm. um, you know I think if you compared, you know, a twenty five year old that's playing AFLW to a twenty five year old male that's playing in the AFL, if you tracked how many hours they've played football for, yeah, you know, even through their juniors, yeah, then in the pathways. And then even to now, if you, you compared hours, then mm. and then you asking us to compare, you know, yeah. apples with apples, it's yeah. just not the same yeah, it's thing. Not the same. So um, I think just that awareness, and you know, I I genuinely believe the game is in a really great place. If yeah. you look at our eighteen year old girls that are coming through, oh my god, yeah, they're just they're Phenomenal. absolutely yeah. incredible um, footballers, athletes, mm. people. Um, so when old fossils like myself are not there and these girls are in their mid-20s, mm. you know, um, it's it's going to be an incredible yeah. competition. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was interesting in the last week, um, Hayley Wilds from the Bulldogs has, you know, retired from AFLW because she needs to commit to her new job, which, you know, she didn't want to have to kind of juggle both. It it. It boggles my mind that that hasn't been picked up more in the media. Like this is this is the state of the game. This is where we're at. There's like women are having to put employment and stuff, study on hold to make this competition work. Some are in a position where they're having to choose. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's incredibly frustrating when people are judging it, it as a product and wanting it to be just like the men's competition. Yeah. It's just not the same. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, we still have to remind ourselves we are – we've only just had three three years of this competition and that there has to be a, a period of growth. And, um, you know, for every girl that is willing to take up like a Haley, there is another th- couple of hundred girls that are knocking down the door to get this opportunity. Yeah. So, you mm. know, we're um, – we're in a really good position in that way because, you know, everyone wants to be part of this. It's, yeah. It's amazing. It's hard work, but um, you know, it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Well, I mean, even at the Falcons this year, and we had the girls come in from the Northern Knights, and they'd played Vic Metro, and they're just like they're just ready-made footballers. Oh, it's 100%. it's incredible. Yeah. Like I think Bulldogs have three picks in the top ten. You know, they're yeah can quite potentially pick up. You know, some of our young girls are in our best best ten yeah. for sure. Mm. Um, how how's Nina Morrison going? Yeah, she's going really well. Um, how long would she be now? I think it'd be sort of five or six months at least. Yeah, down the track. Um, yeah, she's progressing. You know, as expected. I think in her mind, she's she's coming back around one. And, <laughs> um, you know, she's a phenomenal athlete yeah. um, in terms of her running. So she's um, just watch her do those laps and like mm. I said, rehab. But they're definitely working harder than yeah. us. But she's. Um, you know, she's a great kid. She'll yeah. she'll have a long, a long career. I was that that first game. I was floored 
by how well she played. I was just like, my God. Yeah, well, you know, I, you know, you obviously train against each other and, you know, you try to, I try to use my strengths and, you know, exploit your, your position's weaknesses. So mm. I thought, okay, well, she's quick, so I'm going to get her for physical strength here. Mm. I'll, I'll move her off the ball. I couldn't move her. <laughs> and then she beats me on the outside with her run as well. So she's got, you know, she's got, got she's all. got all the, yeah, yeah, all the tricks already. Yeah. All the <laughs> artillery, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, you've had to learn over. I know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I had something up my sleeve, but no, these kids are just going to run rings around us. Um, now, this is kind of a, an odd segment which may or may not uh, make the final <laughs> cut. Oh, great. <laughs> but, hey, you talked about y- your top five birds. So exactly, I made my segment. <laughs> um, I, I think there's, uh, like, a strong connection between football and music. Is it, I, I mean, or, or maybe it's just me because I love music and I love football. So. <laughs> but anyway, I, I did this thing where I was, um, I was looking up what was the number one song when players were born. Oh, wow. Mm. Fun. So, the number one, not to give away your age, <laughs> <laughs> the number one song in Australia when you were born was Like a Virgin by Madonna. <laughs> Great song. I don't know what that means, but that's a no, great but song. No, but I want to know is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's <laughs> Like a Virgin, is it a... Is it a bit like playing football for the first time after a long-term injury? <laughs> that is not. You can't get that. Um, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like that. Or you could think about, um, you know, Triple J's segment, like a version. Like a version. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, this is, this is my version, version of, of my knee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, you feel like you're in a new body. Like when yeah. you haven't. You know, trained for a while, you mm. run for a while. You, it all feels quite foreign. So, yeah, um, let's make that. What's it? What's it like though? Returning to the first kind of full contact training. Is it? Do you really have to kind of? Is it? You know, a mind over body thing. Do you just have to kind of? Oh, it's very psychological. Yeah. Um, you know, I made sure this rehab that um, every every time I did something new. I would do it on my affected knee first. Mm. Um, and even just like using language like, you know, not my bad, like I wouldn't say my bad knee. I'd say like my affected knee or my operated yeah. on knee, you know, yeah. just kind of like subtle psychological things yeah. like that for the your subconscious. Um, and I guess for me, you know, talking about football strengths, physicality and contest work is probably one of my strengths. So it's something that I have never feared. So mm. it probably wasn't um, a part. Like I was raring to go by, yeah. by that stage. Probably the the things that subconsciously is probably landing, you know, mm. jumping in the air and not really knowing, you know, if you're going to land on someone's foot or that yeah. sort of thing. And um, maybe, you know, being tackled if your kind of legs get caught underneath you, that were probably the things that I yeah. um, feared to start with. And even just, you know, first times I was in drills, we changed direction just with lots of traffic around you, just those sort of things. Yeah. Probably similar situations to where you've done your knee in the past. Yeah. You, you fear those. There's a mainly from Instagram videos and things. There's this there's a long trampoline thing at at Geelong. Yep. Do you did you use that a lot in your rehab? Yeah. Well, we even use that as part of our pre-training gymnastics. So yeah. Um, just that jumping and landing, and obviously it's higher and you know a bit less stable than than Earth. So yeah. Um, 
I don't know the science behind it, but there's obviously <laughs> science behind yeah. it. But yeah, definitely use that a lot and, and still do. Yeah. We're pretty lucky with our facilities down there. Yeah, they look pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've covered quite a bit there today. Yeah. Thanks for joining me on this AFL Life. No worries. Thank you so much for having me.